Welcome back to Seen and Heard. Today, Tiffany Lamandola has an extended market update for us. Let's jump right in. So there are a lot of moving pieces on our markets right now. We're going to cover what we think um, are the top five pieces of information um, to maybe to think about as we consider 2024. One, we're going to talk a lot about milk supplies, both here in the U.S. and globally. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're seeing on the domestic demand front. There's a few things that are positive. There's a few things that are concerning. We're going to talk about what those uh, macro headwinds look like for consumers and some of the data around exports and a couple wild cards we're watching. And then finally finish off a quick um, discussion about feed prices. So when we think about our markets, uh, we are certainly not in a situation where we are drowning in milk. That is not the case at all. In fact, we have been down year over year in milk production since July. And um, we suspect that trend to continue here for the next few months. We are certainly down on cow numbers. We're at our biggest deficit, down 42,000 head. Uh, year over year. That's the biggest deficit since July of 2022. Um, as you look at the map here that I've posted, we certainly are seeing output off uh, significantly more in the West. Uh, of course, that's where we sit. And um want to point out that that definitely has some um, knock-on effects in our butter powder markets, particularly non-fat markets. We produce a lot of butter powder in the West. Uh, those are also generally our balancing plans if you think about the United States in general. And so where we have been a little bit shorter on milk, it's been those balancing plants that have, have seen a little less. Generally, the cheese plants keep getting uh, what they need. And so keep that in mind as we think about the markets. Something we've been watching and all of you are very intimate with certainly is what's happening on um, our coaling side and where our replacement heifer inventory is sitting. You know, we started out um, the summer, I would say, seeing some pretty heavy coaling of our dairy herds. Solder rates were running above five-year averages by above the five-year maximum numbers we had seen. Um, folks were responding, one, to lower milk prices over the summer, as well as high beef prices as a way to generate some additional income. Uh, that cooling activity has really trailed off here. Of course, certainly you can only cool the cow once, so that has a, has a, has a piece of the puzzle. Um, also, we think cattle prices moderating um, some, as well as a little boost in milk prices there that we saw in September might have um, put, put, the, put the brakes on just a bit. So something to watch, um, we definitely are not running as heavy on cooling rates. However, um, so that would speak to maybe the the herd size moderating, moderating. However, as we look out at the number of replacements available, those are also running very light. Um, so at the same time, it feels like growth might be very hard um, as we just don't have those number of cows we need to significantly expand the herd at this point in time. So with all that in mind, um, our model, at least for now, expects to see milk output still down, certainly over the fourth quarter as we continue to get numbers, and well into 2024. It's not until the second half of the year that we expect milk production to come back some. And even at that, it's not um, real significantly high rates. You can see 
uh, below, you know, certainly below a percentage point gain. Um, and as we look out at the rest of the world, um, the situation is very similar. We are not the only ones down in milk. Um, Europe had been running positive year over year, but they're certainly pulling back in their numbers and we get weekly data from them. Their monthly data is a little bit delayed. Um, they're going to be off. We're going to be off. New Zealand has been off a bit. Um, so this, I think, picture is really, really good at showing you that certainly um, this is not a supply side issue that we're having to the extent that some of our markets are struggling. It is not because we have too much milk supply um, at the moment. Uh, it is, in fact, we would say almost entirely due to what we would call an inspiring domestic demand at this point, um, and also on the export front, which we'll talk about. Um, you know, it's been a rough go for consumers. We're all consumers. We all know what we face when we go to the grocery store and eat out. Um, and it seems like people kept doing all of the things over the summer. They were eating out, they were traveling. They were doing all the things we wanted to do, um, but certainly that momentum has slowed some here. Um, as we look at data, both across the retail, um, I've shown you butter sales here. Um, we they, they have just been down. I think what we're seeing folks do, uh, especially kind of heading into Thanksgiving, we saw some really decent promotions, but people are just seem to be buying what they need. That stocking of the fridge or stocking of the pantry just isn't happening. People are being very careful with their dollars. We're seeing it in um, specialty cheeses and that kind of thing where you might have thrown that extra um, fun cheese in your cart for the, for the holiday. Maybe folks just bypass that this year. Um, we've also seen a little reduction in um, some fast food restaurant traffic that is, is meaningful for dairy. Uh, burger joints, um, for one, you can see traffic was pretty good uh, over the summer and has slowed some here recently. I think it's just people are, are watching their budgets. Um, we also watch uh, pizza sales. We There's a couple chains, Papa John's in particular was the one bright spot. They were able to keep some of their prices down, um, but we've seen some negative same store sales uh, across areas like um, Domino's. Uh, with Pizza Hut flat. So nothing too exciting from either the retail or fast food um, kind of food service element as we think about domestic demand. I think folks are just having to be a little bit more careful with our dollars. This may be the reason. Uh, as I mentioned, people kept doing all of the things over the summer, uh, but it is now clear to us that maybe at least some of those folks were pulling out the credit card to keep doing it. Um, they, you know, again, didn't slow down purchasing, but uh, we're sort of dealing with that debt now. Uh, we have seen credit card debt uh, figures kind of balloon. We're up 17% year over year in, in Q3. That's on top of a, in last year as well. And, you know, we're facing incredibly high interest rates on this debt, average of over 21%. And so it's ballooning on them. Their interest payments are really stacking up against their their income. And so I think, you know, folks that are watching that certainly are, are probably hitting the brakes quite a bit again on that discretionary spending. Um, the these debt this debt is definitely coming home and they're having to deal with it now. 
we're seeing delinquencies kind of rise, which is is also a bit um, concerning. Um, you know, it's not all bad news on the consumer front. I mean, we're we're watching, we're all reading the news articles. There's been definitely some glimmer of hope here and there. I would say some relief at the pump has been helpful, um, though you know some of that is because demand is down, and so it's sort of what comes first, chicken or the egg. But to the extent folks do still need to. Um, you know, commute or whatever it is, at least the gas pumps are, uh, gas prices are a little bit down. Um, I've seen some, definitely some conflicting articles about consumer spending that seemed like people did buy quite a bit over um, the this holiday right after Thanksgiving. Um, but then I've also seen articles that it was sort of a buy now, pay later um, momentum. And so certainly that won't help in in terms of debt load. Um, so we'll have to see how that all shakes out as we continue to get more information. As we think beyond our domestic demand um, in the markets and think about outside of the U.S., um, exports have also been a bit uninspiring. Uh, as our friends at Fresh Agenda put the data together, we have seen sort of global dairy trade um, slightly less here lately. And so if you think about just global trade as a one big pie, uh, we're all competing for you know a piece of that pie. That pie is not growing. Um, and so it's become very competitive to keep moving our products. And we've seen that play out in a few areas, particularly cheese, as we've been watching those markets. Um, you can see cheese trade has generally stalled for the last two years after having a really pretty nice upward tra trajectory. Uh, that has not been the case here lately. And it's caused definitely, you know, it's heightened competitive uh, issues in those markets. Um, and and it's been a big factor in our cheese market um, as exports have been off and on and off and on. And I think that has been a major indicator in some of that volatility we've seen on our cheese markets. Um, for instance, right now, you know, we ran cheese up to $2 there um, over late summer and we sort of cut off our export competitiveness and and now we're back down to 150 cheese probably trying to buy some of it back and and hopefully we will but that seems to be kind of the situation that we've we've been in and all year um in that arena there's a few bright spots um our our, part, our partners in mexico our customers in mexico have definitely been um, buying our our powders at a nice steady clip all year. Um, thankfully, that's kind of kept that market alive um, because we've seen other areas fall off. And to give you just a little bit more um, insight on my comment around cheese, um, we do like to track EU mozzarella prices as an indication for our export competitiveness um, against our barrel prices. So you can see we are back in a situation now where we ought to be competitive um, but again, demand is out there has been pretty weak. Um, we're told that Europe possibly had already um, won some of that business. And so we find ourselves in a situation here where we're just trying to kind of get back in in the game, if you will. I added a wild card that kind of fits in with exports, but certainly something we've been watching very closely, and, and that's China all year. Um, China's demand has generally just been down um, kind of across the board. They came into a year where their milk, their internal milk production has been pretty solid. They've been up almost every month this year. 
year over year. So they have solid internal out input. I'm sorry, output. Um, they also have been sitting on pretty heavy inventories of milk powders is what they generally have bought from New Zealand uh, or Oceania. Um, and you've read all of the stories about their um, economy struggling. And so it's just created a situation where um, you can see in total they have just bought bought less. Um, and, and when China is out of the market, uh, we certainly all feel it. And so we've been watching for signs for them to to come back or sort of hoping they're going to come back. Um, and so that's going to be a big wild card and a big watch factor in 2024 if we can see um, some some turnaround there in their volumes. I'm going to wrap up um, kind of my top five with, uh, you know, some good news. Certainly, we've, we've seen the corn price come down. December um, made new life of contract lows, right, kind of right of expiration. Um, and USD has been upping their uh, production figures as we as we wrapped up harvest. And so um, all in all, we we've got plenty of corn and the markets have found some relief. Um, hopefully that will continue as we head into 2024. Um, but certainly that has at least given us some relief on the cost of production side. Um, certainly your your other factors are are still high labor, and such, um, and proteins have definitely not come down as far as corn, but to the extent corn um, is, a, is a major portion of your ration, um, this has been nice relief, relief to see. And so to summarize everything I just said, um, kind of bulls and bears, bulls as we see it, again, we just don't have, we're, we're not swimming in milk. Um, we expect milk supplies are gonna be down and, and maybe even contract a little bit further into next year. Um, something I didn't get into a lot, um, we just didn't have time, but we have very strong demand right now in our whey protein markets, which is um, is very helpful to the extent that can help out dry whey. Um, that helps your class free price. Um, and we have other, other areas of the world outside of China that are still actively buying. Um, so hopefully that will continue. Over on the bears, I've listed, um, you know, if China doesn't show up to bit, to buy big in it uh, in 2024, um, that will continue to kind of weigh on our markets. And if we were to see U.S. output expand for some reason, um, either in response to lower feed costs, and we also need, um, we have some new plants coming online that we're going to need to fill that capacity uh, for somehow. And so that could lead to some growth. And I think it is some of the growth what we've seen in um, like the Pacific Northeast and the Mideast, some of that in anticipation. Um, overall, as I mentioned, it's just a really extremely delicate balance right now between supply and demand. And each day our markets seem to kind of uh, react to which one is sort of pushing the pendulum more. Um, for now, we expect 2024 um, to be a little softer as we get into the year, um, in the beginning of the year, with some recovery later in the year. Keep up with all the work Western United Dairies is doing by following us on Facebook and Instagram or visiting our website at wudairies.com. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. 
Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, the Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our guests, please note that the opinions expressed in the Seed and Heard podcast may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors or our sponsors. If you would like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. 